The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 177, or you're hanging out with us here live on YouTube. Today is Sunday, February the 16th, two days after Valentine's Day. Hope everybody had a had a nice Valentine's Day with, with their significant others or, uh, you know, in, enjoyed some peace and quiet and some discount candy on the on the 15th. Uh, I know a lot of people get excited for that, so if, if you're a chocolate person, this is one of the best times of year for you. Let me introduce my co-host, all the way from New Jersey, who's been working on his triple Lutz on the ice skating rink. <laughs> Jeff, the animal oh, man. Wilson. Jeff, how you feeling on this Sunday evening, my friend? I feel like we haven't done this in forever, but we're back. Yeah, I actually forgot I wasn't on the show last week just because I'm so used to being on it. That, that totally, I thought we did an episode last week, but that was somebody else. But, um, <laughs> dude, the point is, um, I, you know, I'm a little sore from, uh, it was my first time ice skating. And, Bill, I was, I naturally was terrible at it. So, um, you know, luckily I know how to break fall from jujitsu. So, you know, I'm sore, but I don't have any bruises on me because when I was hitting the ice, I was hitting the ice hard with a break fall. If you guys train jujitsu or judo, you know what a break fall is. And real life scenario, ice skating for the first time, you know, I, I you know, I, I probably would have had some more cuts and bruises, but um, you know. Just trying to, I was trying to basically pummel with my legs, and it wasn't working. <laughs> hey, Jeff, please tell me there's video. Uh, not on my phone because my phone was uh, hitting the ice a lot. So uh, there's no video on my phone, but I'm sure it's out there. Uh, I had to use the training wheels the whole time, which I'm not ashamed to say because, dude, ice skating is unbelievably hard. Wait, wait, wait! They have training wheels for ice skating. Well, that's what I call it, but it's like it kind of looks like a walker for older people. Um, <laughs> so, so you put your so I was putting my weight on it and just moving my legs, and yeah. that's you know I wasn't falling during those episodes, but um, yeah, whenever I went, you know, when it was just me, I, I was hitting the ice hard. Well, you got to get back out there, kid. You gotta you gotta get back on the horse. How is it that you grew up in New Jersey and you've never ice skated, dude? I always thought it was lame. So, um, you know, I always thought, I, dude, I'll be honest with you, I have a newfound respect for figure skating because I thought it was for wusses <laughs> at first. And then I was like, wow, this this is unbelievably hard. Like, even standing still on skates is hard. Like, I couldn't even do that. Yeah. So, newfound respect for ice skating. Um, even more respect for hockey players because you're out here, you know, basically having a boxing match on skates. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm over here. I can't take two steps without falling. So, um, yeah, no, I think they don't let you use those walkers in the NHL. Yeah, think. yeah. So, uh, so I, Bill, I think I'm just gonna stick to jujitsu on dry land. Um, I, th I think that's that's about all I can handle. Well, jujitsu on ice would be interesting. 
You'd have to, I mean, we can't have the skates. We'd have to have some kind of special shoe made, but it would, it would change the game completely. Cause like your sweeps and everything, like nothing would work the same. You can't yeah, like, but... you can't like plant your feet for anyway, we're getting, we're getting too off track here, Jeff. In any case, you mentioned last week, um, there was somebody else on the show. There were two somebody's on the show. I did two shows last week. So if you guys missed it, uh, we did the regular episode on Sunday with Matt Allison, Matty ice amateur fighter from Gracie Tampa South who defended his bantamweight championship at vigilant MMA last night in completely dominant fashion. And when I watched this fight, I, uh, you know, Matty ice is a buddy of mine. Obviously he was on the show. I, I felt bad for the guy he was fighting because he was just beating the fuck out of this kid and the referee was not stepping in. And it was, it's actually a big concern because this is an amateur fight. Um, you know, this is, you know, you're taking amateur fights. This is when you're trying to decide if this is what you want to do. Uh, I feel like if anything, they should be stopping amateur fights earlier than pro fights. But I, I guess this guy owed the referee money or something. Cause he just let him take an ass whipping like no other from Matty ice. Um, uh, I'm so happy for him. And it was a great performance. The kid looked phenomenal. Um, but man, I got a feel for, um, I got a feel for that. The guy Gonzalez, uh, he was just, he, you know, Matt had his back and he was just pummeling him, uh, relentlessly, but big win for Matty ice and, and for three other fighters from, from the team at Grand Gracie Tampa South at Vigilant MMA Saturday night. So, um, that was awesome. Congratulations to him. And then the second episode I did last week, which a lot of people may have missed because you're not always looking out for the, um, the midweek episodes every now and then, you know, something cool comes up. I'll do a second episode and something cool came up. I had the headliner of BKFC 10 Dave Mundell on the show. Um, so uh, that was a fun episode. It's always a good conversation with Dave. Obviously he's a friend of the show, had him on a couple of times, uh, professional mixed martial artist, uh, professional bare knuckle boxer, um, so he was the headliner BKFC 10 last night and he stepped in against Hector Lombard. He was a, a replacement for Joe diesel Riggs, who was supposed to fight Lombard in his, uh, bare knuckle boxing debut. So, um, Dave, who normally fights at 170 pounds, sometimes 185 pounds stepped in and took this fight and it kept getting bumped up. It was going to be 190. Then it was 198 with a pound allowance. Uh, and by the time fight night came around, it was 205. Uh, so he actually took this fight three weight classes up, uh, from, from where he is accustomed to fighting. And he went to distance with Hector, uh, in in my opinion, he won the fight hands down. He outboxed him easily in rounds two, three, and four round one was kind of a coin toss. Nothing really happened. And, uh, Hector Lombard won round five. Um, now this is, if you're talking about boxing, which is where it gets a little bit muddy. Um, it, it was a clear cut victory for Dave. He was evading, um, but he was moving backwards a lot. So Hector was pressuring and Dave was bloodier at the end of the fight because he got headbutt once by Hector, which opened up a cut. Uh, and then he got hit after the bell after the third round, Hector landed a good clean four or five punches after the bell mm. and was just giving a strong warning. Um, so it was kind of fucked up and, and you're starting to see the way they judge these bare knuckle fights. It's not 
it's not about who's the more skilled fighter. It's about who's pressing the action and who's causing more damage, uh, whether it's legally or not. So Dave was bleeding because of a, a head butt. He got poked in the eye. Um, Hector did more damage, and he's a bigger name. That's why he won the fight, and it's also probably the reason that this sport is not sustainable. They're just not going to get the respect that they're looking for uh, from the sports community because if people watch this who are fans of boxing or who are fans of mixed martial arts, they're going to look at the way these fights are scored, and they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? This is this is just they're looking for straight brutality, and it's not yeah. sport. Um, mm. But, you know, credit – Credit to Dave Mundell for going the distance with a legend like Hector Lombard, who was in there, you know, throwing some big bombs. And Dave saw everything coming. His check hook was on point. He was circling out and he was landing the hook on Hector at will. And um, the fact that Hector was hitting him after the bell says that he knew he was losing the fight because he wanted to get some cheap shots in there. Um, in any case, uh, big shout, shout out to Dave. He, he looked fantastic in the fight, you know, taking it a couple of weight classes up against a legend like Hector, um, who everybody knows can hit like a fucking truck. Um, he was asking for a rematch right away because he was pissed off. He knew he outboxed him and, and thought maybe he could have finished him. Uh, an another uh, Gracie Clearwater member, Gustavo Trujillo, they call him the Cuban assassin knocked out Lorenzo Hunt in the first round. And man, Jeff, this was it this was one of those knockouts where you, you have to Google it and you have to go and watch it because it's one of the craziest knockouts I've ever seen. It was like you couldn't tell what happened right away. The guy was just dropped and then he stood up and the referee was doing the standing eight count. And he was like, Lorenzo was like, I'm fine. And as he says, I'm fine. He starts stumbling forward and almost falls again. And the ref waved off the fight. So what happened was Lorenzo went to go in for an overhand and uh, he, he leaned his head to the left and he wasn't protecting his face. And Gustavo just stuck him right in the mouth and it split his lip open. It, it looked just like the Alistair Overeem um, Rosenstrike fight from a couple of weeks ago uh, where his lip was just split open. And then as he was talking, you just saw it opening up like going up, up straight up to his nostril. Um, Gustavo is a fucking scary human being. If you can even call him that, uh, the guy's terrifying light heavyweight fighter. Um, and, and the scariest part about him, Jeff is that he was on the Olympic wrestling team for Cuba. Um, oh shit. Yeah, that is scary. So the guy's demolishing people in bare knuckle boxing and good luck fighting him in MMA. You think you're just going to take him down. Because uh, the guy is an Olympic caliber wrestler, uh, so shout out to Gustavo. And then the only other fight worth mentioning on the whole card was uh, Abby Velasquez and uh, Dat Win. Who uh, Dat Win? What? Yeah, he went out and got Dat Win. Is what he did. <laughs> <laughs> Knocked out Abby Velasquez in the first round, um, and then it, not only did he knock him out, so the first round was crazy. They both knocked each other down once, mm. and then. Uh, Dat Win had Abby up against the ropes and he knocked him out. And the, the, the way the camera angle switched, the camera got splattered with blood as Abby nice. fell face first onto the canvas. I mean, it it's tailor made for the type of marketing they're looking for, for this promotion. Uh, so I'm sure you're going to be seeing that highlight. 
you know, face plant knockout, and then the camera gets splattered with blood. And when they showed the other angle, I don't know who the fuck this cameraman is. Maybe it was Rambo. He didn't flinch at all. Nice. <laughs> so he's holding it completely steady. You see the blood, and then you see the other angle, and you see it's like a guy holding it. It's not like on a post or something. <laughs> so nice. shout out to that motherfucker because he's <laughs> – He's ice cold, doesn't even flinch, gets splattered with blood while a guy face plants, you know, <laughs> six inches from him. Um, but yeah, that, that was it for BKFC. Um, I, I didn't uh, pay much attention to any of the other fights. Um, uh, Jim Allers come, came away with a win. Um, and, and what was weird about that fight is he won rounds one through four and the other guy came back and won the fifth round. But one of the judges scored it 47-47, uh, which made no sense to me because Jim Ellers clearly won the first four rounds. So I don't know what the fuck is going on with the the judging of bare-knuckle boxing. Like, if they're just bringing in anybody. Um, I, I mean, it's Florida. So, you know, they're, they're just grabbing some guy, like, uh, off of his turtle ranch or something and saying, like, hey, you want to judge some bare-knuckle boxing? And he's like, yeah, sure. Uh Who's going to feed my turtles? <laughs> so that was that. And uh, I'm a little, uh, I, I'm a little hyped up talking about it, you know, because these are uh, guys that I've, that I've trained with getting out there and boxing bare knuckles. So I need a little bit of whiskey to bring myself back down. In any case, give me your thoughts, Jeff. I just threw a lot of uh, information at you. I know you didn't catch the bare knuckle card, but uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, it's something that I might have to start checking out, man. Uh, you know, I'm not crazy about the judging thus far, but it seems interesting. Um, you know, it's a, it seems like there's a lot of wars going on in bare knuckle fights. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm just not clear on the rule set here, Bill. So, like, is it just boxing or are you allowed to throw kicks and elbows and knees are you allowed to shoot in for takedowns what's the story here well apparently you're allowed to hit after the bell and uh headbutt people because uh, that's what hector lombard got away with but no it's just hands um you can clinch but if you're not active in the clinch they'll break you up so if you're mm. not throwing body shots or you're not you know trying to land some uppercuts it will break up the clinch um and yeah your knuckles are completely exposed so it there's a, there's a lot of strategy involved. The other thing that's crazy about it is they don't start from across the ring. They start like four feet away from each other. Mm. So the ref says go, and you're you're right in your opponent's face. Um, you, you know they do that in order to uh, to facilitate action, which is probably why they keep having these cards in Florida because Florida will sanction anything. Um, <laughs> and I I think sense. they usually do them on Indian reservations too, just to mm. make extra sure. Like all right, Florida check. Indian reservation check. I mean, uh, you know, short of doing it in international waters, yeah, uh, yeah. this is probably the most economical <laughs> way uh, to make sure these, these fights get off the ground. Um, oh, in any case, uh, for the sake of time, I want to move on and talk about some UFC uh, fight night 167 Rio Rancho, New Mexico headlined by, uh, top light heavyweight contenders, Jan Blahovich and Corey Anderson. Um, I, I can't say I'm surprised with the outcome of this one, Jeff, because we know the kind of power Jan Blahovich has. He can shut off anybody in this division with one shot. That Polish hammer, man, once it comes down, uh, it, it could be good night for anybody in this division. Corey Anderson, 
uh, looked phenomenal in his last fight with Johnny Walker. I think he got a taste for throwing those hands uh, and maybe got a little bit too comfortable. Uh, you know, he caught Johnny Walker, who's a much less experienced fighter. And, you know, he had his win over Blahovich, uh, but he got that win using his wrestling. So he, I think he got a little too confident with his hands, tried to throw a leg kick and didn't protect his face. Uh, so very similar to the exchange I just described with uh, Gustavo Trujillo in the bare knuckle boxing, he throws the leg kick and he brings his hand down and he leans right into that punch from Blahovich. And, and if you're giving forward momentum into those giant Polish hands uh, that are coming at you like a freight train, uh, that's a bad recipe if you're planning on staying conscious. Uh, so give me your thoughts on this main event here, Jeff. But I agree with you a hundred percent. And you know, John Jones is not going to fight that way against Blahovich. Uh, you know, Jones is smart and he's got a lot of reach, man. He's gonna stay away from that power. And you know, he's gonna try and pick Blahovich apart here. So I think Blahovich needs to, you know, start training for John Jones yesterday. You know, mm -hmm. uh, especially if he's going to get this title shot that uh, that it seems is going to be happening here. But, Bill, I was a little disappointed with Anderson here. Um, you know, for me, he's got to do what brought him to the dance, dude. And that's that wrestling. Mm -hmm. He looked a little gun shy when it came to the takedowns. You know, he would kind of faint for them and then not go for them at all. So, you know, I, I don't know if he was a little tentative because it looked like Blahovich also stuffed one or two of those takedowns. Mm -hmm. um, you know, credit to him and his improved takedown defense. But, Bill, um, you know, you mentioned that Anderson had that hand down when he was throwing the kick. It, saw, it looked like that a few times. Um, he had his left hand down. He was asking to eat that right, man. Uh-huh from Blahovich. Um, you know, I, I saw at the, especially at the beginning, he had his, his lead hand down by his hip a lot. And Blahovich saw that and ate that right up, man. Uh, you can't be making those mistakes at this level, man. Um, you know, Anderson just, his hands looked a little bit slower than Blahovich. It looked like Blahovich was getting the better of him, especially uh, in the counter punching department. So mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I think Anderson should have stuck more to what he knows with his wrestling and, you know, mixed in the wrestling with the strikes because uh, he wasn't doing too much. He wasn't doing too many things incorrectly. Uh, it's just that Blahovich was so much faster in those areas of standing up, man. Yeah, for sure. And it's really unfortunate for Corey Anderson, a guy who has a lot of difficulty getting the recognition that he deserves yeah. for the for the things that he's accomplished uh, in the UFC. I mean, he's a fantastic fighter, very high level, uh, super nice guy, very hardworking. Uh, you could tell he's just looking to outwork everybody on the roster. Um, but because he doesn't get that pop, uh, you know, that number five spot for him is going to be a big jump down the ladder with a knockout loss like this. Uh, and it's unfortunate because he's going to have to work. He's going to have to work harder than the average fighter to, to get back to where he was just because he, he doesn't have that popularity. He doesn't have that it factor. You know, he even said himself, he, he feels like he has to prove himself with his performances. Um, uh, the upside to that is, you know, when he is successful with his performances, it's going to help him rise, but uh, it's going to make him fall even further. Uh, in a performance like this uh, for that fact. And, and, and I really feel bad for him, but uh, you can't help but feel good for Jan Blachowicz, who's a guy, you know, who has just been improving 
so much. He's such a well-rounded fighter. He's a nasty grappler too. You don't necessarily want to be on the ground with him because he's got unorthodox chokes from weird angles that he can catch you with, with those long arms. Um, he, he's built like a true light heavyweight and, and he hits really fucking hard. Uh, and then you saw John Jones sitting front row, standing on his chair, cheering, I guess, cause Corey Anderson was talking some shit, but I also excited for the, you know, the challenge and facing Jan Blahovich, which looks like it could come to fruition. And like you said, John Jones, isn't going to make those same mistakes as Corey. He's a very defensive fighter. He's an expert at using his range. He's going to keep Blahovich away from him, but can he keep him away from him for 25 minutes and avoid, you know, one of those big shots because, or is it just a matter of time that Yan catches him? And that's why this matchup is really exciting. And it may be true that John Jones is, is looking to fight, anybody other than Dominic Reyes in a rematch at this point, Jeff. Yeah. And Bill, here's the thing, man. Um, I can see the argument for a rematch, but I think John Jones won that fight. I think that if you disagree, you should go back and watch that fight because Jones won rounds three, four and five easily. Did you, did you rewatch the fight, Jeff? No, I didn't need to, Bill. <laughs> John Jones already won. I didn't think we that fight. <laughs> because John Jones won. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I I could definitely I could definitely see the argument for both ways. It was it was a super close fight. But um yeah, I mean Jones and Blahovich is interesting to me. Um even if you think Reyes won the fight against John Jones, like we just saw that. I don't really necessarily need to see it again. I would love to see Dominic Reyes and Tiago Santos. Uh, you know, two guys who had very close fights with John Jones, let them battle it out uh, and see who gets in there. And maybe even do it on the same card as Jones and Blahovich. Uh, oh, that would be fun. Yeah. I think, you know, it's a good little uh, mini tournament in this light heavyweight division that definitely needs a breath of fresh air. Um, someone else who needs more than a breath of fresh air. Jeff is uh Diego Sanchez. I don't know what's going on with this guy. Um he's got Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman as his corner man. Uh, like I don't know if, if if the guy's like a shaman or a witch chapter or what the fuck he is, but he's not a fighting coach. And this is a problem. Diego's a guy who's been fighting for 18 years. He should know better. I understand wanting a little bit of spiritual guidance, but Jeff, if I was going to go on like a camping excursion in the woods where I was going to get high on mushrooms, I might hire this guy that's cornering Diego Sanchez if I wanted to like connect with nature and have some kind of spiritual enlightenment. But if I'm going to get in a fist fight in a cage with a guy who's like clearly two weight classes bigger than me and Michelle Perea, I, I want somebody with a little fight experience having my back. And this was a very unusual fight for Diego Sanchez from before it started until the way it ended, which which was mind-boggling to me because when he took that illegal knee and got cut, I thought, like, there's no way Diego Sanchez is going to throw in the towel here. And he was like, yeah, it was an illegal blow, and I, I can't continue. And I still, like, hearing those words from Diego Sanchez, the nightmare, one of the, like, one of the fucking founders of the word savage as we know it today uh the last remaining cast member from season one of the ultimate fighter uh you know the guy who didn't even want to quit when bj penn 
foot put the fucking Grand Canyon on his forehead. Uh, however, many strange, uh, you know, having this weird uh, witch doctor corner man that he has, and and the fact that he he threw in the towel. Now, don't get me wrong; I don't think Diego Sanchez is a quitter. Um, I don't think he is, has a weak will or he doesn't have a, any fight left in him. I think he got hit really fucking hard with after getting his ass kicked for two and a half rounds and he was just out of it. Uh, I mean, he wasn't out cold, but, uh, you know, he was, he was as out on his feet as one could be. Um, I don't know. I, I my opinions were all over the place. It's just there, Jeff. So uh, I'll turn it over to you. What were your thoughts on this co-main event? No, I mean, my opinions are all over the place too, man. Um, you know, his, his new training camp, the, the dude's just weird. Uh, I was I was watching some of his warm up with Diego Sanchez. He's a weird guy, and I mean, I I don't know. If, I don't know, dude. Um, you know, if you want some spiritual advice, read a couple of verses from the Bible, and then go box. Like, I mean, it, it would have I would have probably been more useful to do that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, you know. I don't know, man. To me, it kind of seemed like Diego Sanchez kind of realized that he was down three rounds and and maybe thought, you know, I, I can't win this fight if I keep going uh, because he kept saying to the ref, you know, if, if it's a DQ – you know, if, if I can't continue, uh, is it an auto? Is it a disqualification? Um, but at the same time, I can see where you're coming from too. Um, you know, he he took some hard shots, and that, you know, that knee. You know, if it, if it was hard enough to cut him open, which it mm -hmm. did, um, you know, he was probably seeing stars, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, it, you know, hard enough shot to the head, you you can't see right for a few minutes, so. I don't know, man. I, I want, you know, I'm trying to give Diego Sanchez the benefit of the doubt here uh, because he's a warrior, dude. He's not a quitter by any means, but, you know, maybe he, re and maybe he realized that, you know, maybe th this was something that he just, you know, couldn't keep going, um, you know, which, you know, Diego Sanchez, he, he is not that guy who's going to, you know, find the easy way out of things. Yeah. He's not going to look for the shortest route to victory. You know, that's just not him. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we you know, I, I can't really, you know, put it into words because I wasn't in the situation. You know, only Diego Sanchez knows what he's feeling. Um, but, you know, I hope he's okay and that we can run this one back, dude, because this was an exciting fight up until that point. You know, Sanchez, I, I just wanted him to use his wrestling a little bit more uh, and not give uh, Pereira so much space. Yeah. Yeah. And he was diving at the legs. It was a very unusual performance from Diego. He did that, that, uh, rolling front kick in the beginning, yeah, and stretching his hands out like some weird karate shit. And then after the illegal blow, he was asking if he could have his coach in the cage with him. And it's like, I, all right, I understand the question, and it's a fair question to ask, but like, what the fuck was that guy gonna do? Come in this, come in the cage and play a wooden flute and some, summon some kind of healing spirit for him? <laughs> like, he's not gonna give him advice about how to win the fight, uh, which is what he really needed there. Um, yeah. I, I feel like the Diego Sanchez that was training with Greg Jackson uh, would have fucking ran through this guy. Um, but take nothing away from Michelle Perea. He he had um, 
he was patient. Uh, you know, he had his usual flash in there and his, his little dancing before uh, coming into the cage, which credit to him after his last performance, getting beat by a lightweight uh, on five days notice and, and just smashed by him in the second and third rounds. He still came out dancing down the runway. Um, you, you know, it pisses a lot of people off. I don't particularly like it, but if that's what he needs to do to relax and, and be comfortable going into a cage fight, then I, I wouldn't deny any man or woman of that. Uh, you know, if it makes you feel better to dance your way or moonwalk your way or, or somersault your way to that octagon, you know, whatever it takes to get you in that cage door and have it locked behind you, uh, credit to you. Um, so I don't have a problem with any of that. Uh, I thought he looked patient. I thought he was conserving his energy. Well, he was using the distance. Well, um, and, and he was in there with an animal and Diego Sanchez. And granted, it's not the Diego Sanchez we're used to, but, um, you know, good on him. Uh, Montana De La Rosa and Mara Romero Barrela. Um, unanimous decision for De La Rosa. Uh, thoughts on this one, Jeff? Yeah, uh, De La Rosa's wrestling, you know, helped her out a lot, especially in rounds two and three. Um, you know, with an emphasis on the third round because it looked like it was kind of around a piece going into that third round. And, you know, that wrestling, she was able to just pin Barella down and really bring the win home, which is good because the same cannot be said for her husband who fought earlier on the card. Yes, correct. And we'll get to that as well. Um, I, I think you summarized that fight pretty well. I don't have any additional comments. So uh, two uh, illegal knee disqualifications on the main card, which is very unusual. Uh, but I think this one was a little more egregious. So Rodrigo Vargas, uh, kneeing Brock Weaver up against the cage and, and basically putting him out cold, um, and cutting him. And, you know, the, the referee did the right thing there and waved this fight off. Um, he, he knew that Brock Weaver was out of it. Um, unfortunate for Brock Weaver, who's a tough dude, uh, you know, he came through Dana White's contender series and he had a lot of hype coming into this. Uh, so I'm sure it's not the way he wanted to win in his UFC debut. He seemed very disappointed. Um, whereas Diego Sanchez looked like when he got his hand raised, he was like, yeah, fucking won. Yeah. He, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. he was like, oh, I was victorious here. Uh, but Brock Weaver, he didn't want, he didn't want to win this way. You know, he wanted to, uh, he wanted to beat Rodrigo. But uh, thoughts on this one, Jeff? Yeah, dude. Um, it looks. It just looks like uh, like Vargas was uh, was really just frustrated. You know, um, it, it was finally the first time in the fight that he was probably a little bit more in control. That he felt that he was winning and could even finish the fight. So you know, I can't even blame him because he he was probably you know in the heat of that moment. Uh, you know, just looking for a finish, some way to win here in a fight that, you know, he, he was down two rounds there. So mm -hmm. I'm sorry, uh, this only went one round. He he was losing that fight, um, especially at the end of that first round. So, you know, I, I think it's just a culmination of the frustration that he was feeling. Um, you know, so I can't really blame him. But you also have to give it to the ref there. Um I thought it was the right decision. Clearly, if the fighter can't continue, you got to end the fight. And this is how these things go sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving on down the card, Ray Borg looked just a little bit too big and strong for Rogerio Bontorin, and that's because he didn't fucking make weight again. And 
I mean, I have a really hard time with this one, Jeff, because as a parent, I, I can really feel for everything that Ray Borg has gone through with his son and the medical issues. Um, but uh, like, you can't get that, let that get in the way of the fact that he doesn't fucking do his job. Half of his job is to make weight and the other half is to fight and win. And he's a good fighter, but he's not a flyweight and he needs to fucking stop trying to make flyweight and just move up. The guy should probably be a featherweight. Like enough is enough. Like I, I definitely don't want to see him get cut over this. If it were anybody else that missed weight this many times, I would say just, just cut him. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I, I have no interest in seeing this guy fight again, but because of all the issues going on with his family and um, you know, the financial strain that could put on a person, I don't want to see that for him. But at the same time, like, fucking stop it just stop it and that's all i could say um you know without uh without getting even more vulgar but uh you know a win for ray borg but at the end of the day all i'm gonna remember from this fight is that he missed weight again yeah uh there's no way around this one bill um you know, I, I think he's got to move up a weight class, you know, 135, 145. And here's the thing. Here's my whole thing, Bill. Going back to the being a parent thing, if your kid has, you know, obviously, you know, I wouldn't wish this on anybody, but, you know, if all, all that treatment that his son is getting, you know, that costs money. So why then would you give up 30% of your purse that could be going to medical expenses to not make weight, dude? Um, yeah. And he was over by two pounds. Um, I think he needs to move up a weight class. 135, 145, I think would be good for him. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, dude, uh, I, I got nothing else to say about it. Yeah, let's move on before one of us says something we should, probably shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple of fights here. Jeff, I want to go over there's a couple more things I want to touch on, but I want to keep things moving along as well. So Lando Venata uh, in a very back and forth, very bloody fight with Yancy Medeiros, who uh, recently became a vegan. Didn't necessarily pay off for him because he lost the unanimous decision to uh, Lando Venata. Daniel Rodriguez looking really good in his UFC debut against Tim Means. He had that high elbow guillotine choke in the second round, um, and he rocked Tim Means on the feet. Uh, forced Tim to dive in for that that sloppy takedown where Tim ducked his head down. Um, you, you always want to keep your neck straight when you're shooting in for those single legs, and and that's something that I stress in the gym a lot. Uh, but, you, you know, when you just got rocked so bad, you're just thinking about grabbing a hold of the guy and trying to recover. And unfortunately, uh, put himself right into a guillotine. And then John Dodson with an impressive TKO victory over Nathaniel Wood uh, you know, the young up and coming guy who, who's got a ton of hype behind him. And um, John Dodson just derailed that hype train. So out of those three fights, Jeff, who impressed you the most? Well, you're not making this easy, man. All three of those fights are really good. Um, they were really enjoyable. But I have to give it to Daniel Rodriguez here um, in his fight versus Tim Means. Just because um, it was a little bit last minute. Rodriguez didn't know until about three weeks ago that he was going to be fighting Tim Means. Late replacement uh, for Tim Means' original opponent, who I can't remember who it was. Um, you know, and Rodriguez... <clears throat> 
um, you know, a local guy. So he was getting thrown to the sharks here, man. Tim Means is a very tough dude, very tough guy to fight against. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, Rodriguez looked great, man. His boxing was really, really clean. Um, and like you said, able to rock Tim Means on the feet, which led to that really, really tight submission. And uh-huh. Tim Means, you could even see it, dude, how tight it was. Tim Means was frantically tapping his leg, man. Um, so, you know, good showing from Daniel Rodriguez. He was a massive underdog here. So, you know, got to respect the hell out of him for being able to stay calm and collected in there. Looked like a seasoned veteran fighting against Tim Means, who is a veteran here in the UFC. So I got to give it to that one just because of the context of that fight. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, that was super impressive. Once he figured out that he could land that, land that hook, at mm-hmm. will, pretty much every time Tim Means tried to close the distance, it was pretty much uh, downhill from there for Tim, um, who's who's one of the toughest guys on the roster. Um, you know everything that he's been through in his personal life and and uh, the adversity that he's faced inside the cage. Uh, that's that's a tough dude. Uh, I'll, I'll just run down the rest of the card real quick. Scott Holtzman with a unanimous decision over Jim Miller. Um, you know, Jim just couldn't get his game plan going in this fight. Uh, Scott was able to pin him up against the cage and, and hold him in a clinch and, and just kind of wear on him and land some shots. And, and Jim Miller just couldn't find a rhythm here. Uh, Devin Clark looked good against Daquan Townsend, who just moved up in weight. He just fought a couple of weeks ago against uh, Bivon Lewis um, and wasn't happy with his performance. I'm sure he's not going to be happy with this one either, dropping an unanimous decision to Devin Clark. And Marab Wallace willie uh, unanimous decision victory over Casey Kenny. This guy, they call him the machine. Fucking 12 takedowns, Jeff. 12 wow. takedowns in one fight. Um, this guy is relentless. Uh, you could really tell that Sambo style. Uh, I mean, I, I think I mentioned this last week. This is a guy, he was having he was having trouble finding fights in the UFC. Nobody wants to fight him. Uh, so he went over to Russia and entered the combat sambo world championships after not doing sambo for 10 years and won a silver medal jeez just just for fun like you know some people are like oh you know i haven't done anything in a while like i don't run a half marathon or a 5k or something this guy's like i'm gonna go to the world sambo championships win silver medal uh in between ufc fights because nobody wants to fight me and nobody's gonna want to fight him after this either he's gonna have the same problem he's he may be ranked after this uh kenny was ranked 15th uh so hopefully he takes that cloud away from him uh here's a guy who everything i hear about him you know i i've got a lot of friends back in the uh the law mma gym up there especially all my buddies from the MMA and Beyond podcast. Shout out to those guys, Steve Maraboli, Ray Longo, and the manimal John Beneducci. Uh, everything that, that people say about him is that he's just the nicest guy. He brings so much energy and that he trains his ass off. So sometimes Ray Longo has to kick him out of the gym because uh, he spars too much. He's training too hard. And, uh, man, uh, good luck fighting that guy because <laughs> – He's just he's just relentless. I mean that's that's the only way I could think to describe him. And then uh, I'll just run I'll just run over the last two fights, Jeff, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to you if you want to give me any thoughts on anything. I just went over Macy Kiasson getting the unanimous decision over Shauna Young. Uh, she just dominated this girl. Shauna looked good in the first round, but um, 
it once Macy put her on the ground and, and Shauna was an all American wrestler. You wouldn't know it by watching this fight because Macy just put her on the ground and, and just stuffed her and held her down there and beat the piss out of her. And then, uh, Raulian Paiva knocking out Mark De La Rosa, who is the husband of the aforementioned Montana De La Rosa, uh, gets knocked out in the second round. Uh, so, I threw a lot at you there, Jeff, but uh, give, give me some analysis here. Bill, this um, Marab Valjvali just sounds absolutely terrifying, dude. Um, I can't wait to see what he does in the band and weight division. He sounds like if Dominic Cruz was never injured and, you know, entered the wrestling world championships in between fights. Like, yeah. what do you do to a man who can take you down 12 times in 15 minutes? Yeah, I I mean, that's the kind of guy for me personally, I would never want to fight. Um, and I, I was having this conversation with the people I was watching that I was watching the fights with some some good buddies last night. And um, they were saying, like, well, wouldn't you be afraid to fight Francis and Ganu? And I would be like, no, because it would be over in five seconds. You just put my yeah. lights out and I'll wake up in the hospital with an IV and like a juice box and like people playing playing nice music for me. Um but if you're going to fight a guy like Marab or a guy like Khabib or a guy like Diego Sanchez from a couple of years ago, somebody that you know is never going to stop and they're not necessarily concerned with finishing you or submitting you, um, that's a fucking nightmare, man. To just be dominated like that, that's um, that's terrifying to me. That's not something I want to do for 15 minutes of my life or 25 minutes of my life, which is why these guys have a hard time uh, finding fights. Um, any other thoughts on Fight Night 167 here, Jeff, before we move on? No, I thought overall it was a good card, but I think that the undercard was surprisingly good. I felt like I enjoyed the undercard just a little bit more than, than the main card, but that's just me. Yeah, well, there's a lot of weird shit that happened on the main card. You know, we had the two disqualifications and, you know, a lightning fast main event. So it was like not a lot to digest there. All right, so next weekend, we're going to be in uh, Auckland, New Zealand, UFC Fight Night 168, and the main event, Paul Felder against Dan Hooker. Um, this is, uh, this is uh, if you're a fan of violence, this is your dream main event right here because these are two guys who just like to stand in the middle of the octagon and, and just throw shit until somebody falls down. Um, so if you're a fan of that style of fight, uh, you're definitely going to want to uh, tune in for this one. Uh, give me your thoughts on this main event, Jeff. Oh, Bill, I'm super excited, man. Uh, Dan Hooker, very skilled, very well-rounded. They, they call him the hangman for a reason. But Paul Felder is no slouch either, man. Paul Felder, if he's got to break your leg with a leg kick, he'll do it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Paul Felder. He's a local guy, you know, was training out of uh, Henzo Gracie Philly, uh, you know, changed camp since then. But, you know, still still has a place in my heart, Bill. So, uh, I'm really excited for this one. I think this one's going to end in a finish. Um, you know, I don't think it'll go five rounds, but glad to see Paul Felder in the main event here, getting the push uh, that I feel he deserves. And Dan Hooker as well. You know, Dan Hooker is a quiet type. You know, the trash talk doesn't really work for him. But, yeah. uh, you know, very skilled fighter. I think there's going to be a really, really good stylistic matchup. You have the stand-up guy against someone who's a little bit more well-rounded. But either way... Uh, I, I don't think this one's going to disappoint. 
Yeah, man, for sure. And Dan Hooker's, you know, coming off of that impressive performance over Ally at Quinta. If this thing goes five rounds, like neither one of these guys are going to be the same after this. Oh. That That's just the way that both of these guys fight because neither of them have any quit in them. Um, yeah, you know, they both had uh, wars with Edson Barbosa. Um, Paul Felder had two of them. Uh, all right, so I'm going to just kind of point out some things on this card. I'm going to give you my sleeper fight pick, and uh, and then I'll turn it back over to you, Jeff. Uh, so we got Jimmy Crute and Michael Olajanchik. Uh, that should be a really fun fight. Karolina Kovokovic, who's been, you know, having a rough go of it lately, is getting in there with Zionan Yan. Um, and then we got, let's see, I'm going to jump around a little bit here. All right, here's my sleeper fight. Uh, of this card, Jake Matthews and Emil Meek. I feel like this is a really interesting fight um, th that you're not going to hear a lot of people talking about. I would suggest not missing this fight uh, because here you have, uh, I believe, a local guy. I don't know if Jake Matthews is uh, Australian or or from New Zealand. Um, I can double check that right now. And then Emil Meek is a guy who we haven't seen too much of. Uh, you know, I know he's dealing with some injuries, but you know, that dude's a fucking animal. Uh, so that, that's a very interesting fight for me. And then the last one I'll point out here, Jeff, Angela Hill is fucking fighting again. I feel what? like, yeah, I feel like we're talking about her every other week. Um, she is fighting Conklak Sufisara, uh, who is four and one. Um, Angela Hill, uh, she's got to be the most active fighter on the roster, male or female, or unless it's just all in my head. I feel like we're always talking about her. Um, but yeah. Oh, Jake Matthews is Australian, by the way. He is not uh, from New Zealand, but you know, that's local enough. I mean, that's like, that's like going to Manhattan from New Jersey. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, give me your thoughts, Jeff. Well, I'm excited for this card, man. Looking up and down at this, uh, I love watching Jimmy Crute go to work. Uh, I, you know, that's another fight that is not going to end. It's not going to go to a decision. Um, somebody's getting finished in that one. Um, I'm excited to see Karolina Kovalkiewicz. Like you said, you know, she's had a couple of tough fights. Um, but, you know, she's always game. So, you know, very skilled on the feet so i think she'll be able to get back on track soon enough um jake matthews versus emil meek excuse me um i agree with you man i think that's gonna be that's got fight of the night potential right there mm -hmm. emil meek is you know he's got a lot of power he's not afraid to push forward and jake matthews very skilled as well you know pretty well rounded and he's a young guy uh, but definitely some both of these guys uh are people to keep your eye on in this welterweight division i'm also excited for um kai Kara france here um he is fighting against tyson nam i don't know too much about nam but kai Kara france uh Pretty tough dude. He's from New Zealand. Um, well-rounded. And, you know, I, I think he is someone to keep an eye out in this well in this flyweight division here. Um, so he he's not much of a grappler. He's more of a striker. He likes to push forward. 
coming off a loss to Brandon Moreno, who Brandon Moreno is a very tough dude. He's in the upper echelon of flyweights here. But um, I think he can get back into the win column this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is a really fun card. Uh, I, I didn't look at it until just before we started uh, recording here. but And then there's a couple of names I'm not too familiar with on here, which usually means that these are people trying to make a name for themselves. Uh, and that that usually lends itself to exciting matchups. Um, all right, man. Cool stuff. Uh, while we've been recording here, I've been sipping on something uh, and I was very excited to find, Jeff, uh, because it's something that I was looking for for the last couple of months. And I wasn't actively looking for it, but I was always just take a look if I went into a store. And um, I went to the liquor store on Valentine's Day morning uh, to get some stuff to, to go with dinner. And uh, I went into Total Wine, which is a liquor store uh, near me. It's a chain down here in Florida. And usually if they have like some rare bottles, they keep them on the front counter when you walk in. And I walked in and this bottle was sitting there and it was the only one. Uh, it's Heaven Hill, uh, bottled in Bond bourbon, holding the, the bottle up for those of you here on YouTube. So bottled in Bond means it has to be aged a minimum of four years and it has to be bottled at 100 proof. Um, and, and it's a law, it's a bottled and bond act, uh, that was passed, uh, many years ago, uh, right around the time of prohibition, I believe. And, um, what it, what it says is you have to follow those guidelines, um, by law. So if you're putting bottled and bond on the label, it has to be aged that amount of time and it has to be bottled at hundred proof. So this is a hundred proof bourbon. It's actually aged seven years and, um, it's got a lot of alcohol in the nose. Like you can really breathe in that hundred proof. Um, it, it's super strong on the nose, but then you take a sip and it just mellows right out. It just kind of melts like, um, almost like M&Ms kind of like melt in your mouth, not in your hand, even though that's a fucking lie, because if you hold M&Ms in your hand, your hands are going to be purple. Um, in any case, uh, it, it has some chocolatey notes. It's got a really smooth flavor to it. Got a little bit of vanilla, uh, some caramel. It's like a really rich bourbon. You can see I'm holding it up here. It's like pretty dark for a bourbon. And uh, that's because of the, that extra three years of aging there. So it's got like a really dark brown, like burnt caramel color to it. And then the aftertaste is like a like a cinnamon toast crunch kind of mm. like a, like a cinnamony cereal. It's really good. Um, I I would hate to burn through this bottle really fast because I was looking for it for so long and it's just it's just really hard to find. But you know, as we were sitting here talking about the fights, I was slowly every time you would talk, I was pouring myself a little bit more. So I'm uh, I'm handicapping myself here, Jeff. Uh, any thoughts on this one? It sounds awesome. Sounds smooth going down. And I like that sweet aftertaste. You know, just, just give you something to, to remember that, that bourbon by. Yeah, sounds man. Sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah. I'll, I'll try and save you some, but, but no promises. And you're going to be coming down in a couple of months, maybe. Um, I'm ordering some new turf, by the way. Uh, so that's a project that's going down in the next couple of months. I gotta, I gotta finish the turf. Uh, in any case, there's, um, not much else 
to to talk about. We did the MMA. We did uh, we did some bourbon, some bare knuckle boxing, some amateur MMA. You got anything else you want to get off your chest, Jeff? Nah, Bill. The flu is raging up here, man. Um, you know, as a teacher, my kids uh, they have been dropping like flies. And I mean that metaphorically, of course. Mm -hmm. The only problem is that their parents will let them stay home for like a day and then send them into school while they're still not feeling well. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, nope, 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 I'm not allowing this. I send them right up to the nurse. The nurse is awesome. She calls home and they get their asses over to my school to pick up their kid that they shouldn't be sending in in the first place, Bill. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. People have jobs, yada, yada. Listen. Listen, your kids got to come first, dude. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, you're working, you, you're putting in all this work for your kid. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of the flu, Bill, what's going on in your house? Because I remember last week where the crew was recovering from a bout with <laughs> the flu. Yeah, the crew was recovering. And then uh, I, I was met with a similar situation because the baby got sick again and uh, had a little fever. And it's probably due to the fact that people send their kids sick to school, which is which is um, very frustrating because, you know, we got a lot going on with our with our business that I I don't talk about on this show just because it's not relevant. But uh, we sold our building in Tampa. We're moving into a new building and I got a lot of work to do in that building. But, uh, you know, kids sick. I got to stay home uh, and it sets me back and it sucks. Uh, but I don't want other people's kids to get sick and then this cycle never ends. Uh, but unfortunately other people are not as courteous. Uh, so there's that. And then, uh, that's it, man. It's just been, uh, just been real busy, but yeah, you know how we do Jeff. We just got to keep grinding and, and get everything done that needs to get done. That's it, man. We gotta, we gotta chop the wood to, to stay prepared. You were telling me earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta have the firewood ready for you know for when the meat shows up. Mm-hmm. We're ready to get cooking, Bill. That's right. We'll just keep that fire burning, man. And I don't even know where this metaphor is going anymore, but uh, <laughs> we'll wrap it up on that. Uh, if you guys want to get a hold of us, uh, you could you could find Jeff on Instagram and Twitter at animal underscore Wilson. And you guys know how to get a hold on me, so please do. Uh, we love having conversations about fighting and booze. Uh, so hit us up. It's at MMA on the rocks on all your favorite social media platforms. Um, if you listen to the show and you enjoy it, please give us a thumbs up, leave us comments on YouTube because that helps a lot. I don't promote the YouTube uh, channel as much as I should, but, uh, leave some comments because that helps, uh, build us up in the rankings there and leave us a rating. If you're listening, uh, to the audio on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher or Spotify, anything like that. Um, those five-star ratings really help us out, and we appreciate it. In any case, let us know what you're thinking and drinking out there. Until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye.